Hi, Caroline. Hi, Chris. Um, so I have a question for you. If uh, I want to know ballpark, how many kids would somebody have to have for you to like kidnap one and you think it'd be okay? Like, are we talking like a John and Kate plus eight situation? Hmm. A younger situation? I think John and Kate should have had their kids taken away. Oh, I completely um, agree. I think they and probably... the Duggars, too. Honestly. The Duggars, yeah, yeah. The Duggars, um, I think, are an interesting case because how long would it take for them to notice that one is missing? That's one. Um, I think that's the thing. You wouldn't notice. A, first of all, I'm not going to steal children. I don't want a child. That's a good disclaimer. Um, good disclaimer. But I think they probably, like, this seemed like a good loving family that they were taking from Maybe get people who shouldn't have their children. Yeah. Oh, that's a great point. Like a like a Trump kid. Like get, I was thinking darker. Get, I went oh, darker. Darker real fast. than the Trumps? No, like Whoa. like those those families on 2020. It's like oh. I ran away from this home. Okay. Fair. And I'm like in it. I'm like, holy shit. Fair. People whose parents need to go to jail. Not that Trump doesn't need to go to jail, but money <laughs> is always a factor. <laughs> You stay in that family to get that inheritance. That's true. You pull a Shiv Roy, start running the Democrat party. <laughs> and then hopefully when your dad kicks it, you get a billion dollars. One day, one day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Snubs. My name is Caroline Young. And I'm Chris Massarelli. We're kind of out of it this morning. I apologize. <laughs> um, welcome back to Snubs. This is a show where we uh, talk about some of our favorite movies that were not nominated for Oscars. We talk about the Oscar years they would have been eligible for. We see what was nominated. We mess around with things and see how our favorite could have fit in that year. Um, today we are talking about a, Co is it a Coen Brothers film? It is. Okay. It is. Um, it's directed by Joel and produced by Ethan. It's, so yeah, it's directed, IMDb has it that they both wrote it, Joel directed it, and Ethan was an uncredited co-director. Great. So this is Raising Arizona, mm -hmm. um, starring Nick Cage and, uh, Holly Hunter. My but, girl. but before we get into that, how was your week? But also I tasted... My brother um, watched Broadcast News, which is funny because Broadcast News was also this year. Yeah. And I recommended Broadcast News to him. He watched it last night. And he's like, I don't, I never thought I'd be that attracted to a Southern accent. And I'm like, yeah, Holly, Holly, oh, Hunter's, Holly, Hunter. Holly Hunter's pretty cute. She's yeah. pretty cute. Does he know it's Elastigirl? Oh, I don't know if I, I'm the one that should tell him. I don't think that that's I'll text him. I'll text I don't, him I don't think that's an appropriate conversation between a brother and a sister. I'll, I'll text um, Brian. Any questions about Alaska like aren't, I don't want to have them. Uh, <laughs> how was your week? My week's been good. Uh, it's been busy. I, I I feel like I'm coming down with a bit of a cold, but I'm, you know. I'm that always happens, it's, right? Tis, tis the season. I'm fighting mine. Like I am I, too. I, I have know. almost come down with the cold so many times and I've just like remained busy. So I don't think my body has fully had time to process it. Um I have a friend at work who's just been giving me like a coldies every single day. And I've been drinking a lot of vitamin C. Yeah. Um doing my best. To try to get through it. I've just been I've been traveling too, so it's a mm. whole thing. Traveling is exhausting. Like mom my mom was like, Oh, like you've been so busy, you can 
relax at home which I did and it was nice and I slept in but it is like I'm like even the act of traveling here and then traveling back in a weekend like that's exhausting yeah and god bless her but she always sends she's very sweet like everything is like so well-meaning she sends me back with a bunch of shit like she's cleaning out her closet of stuff that doesn't fit her anymore like she's like these might fit you so I'm going home with like half her pants (laughs) And food, because she's also cleaning out her cabinets. And I'm like, I can't carry this. Like, I'm like, I'm like trudging through the subway station, like, a, like with half my body weight. Like, my mom's shoving shit in my, like, carry out, like, my little bag, because I went for two days. And I'm like, this is unsustainable. <laughs> but obviously, it's because she loves me and she means well. She's yeah. not listening to this. Big shout out to Michelle. She doesn't love me that much. <laughs> um but Um, yeah did you watch anything i did but i also went to like this really nice upscale austrian cafe in georgetown um Mm -hmm. i kind of like stumbled on it stumbled upon it and just like went for dessert i like restaurant the other night it was lovely it was it was like i don't know it felt very adult of me i did watch some stuff obviously i went to the theaters and saw um the german nominee for international feature this year the teacher's lounge i heard it was good i loved it oh my god i gotta see it it was i I did i went in completely blind didn't know anything about it thought it was excellent i really highly recommend it sexy no ah okay um I went to uh, the theaters and also finally saw the Mean Girls musical adaptation. It was fine. Um, I'm so loyal to the original. And I, that's I just, the thing. I also don't see the point of this. So I just, everyone's like, you don't like fun. And I was like, I do like fun. I just. It was like, it was so beat for beat that like. it. it yeah. And so I it, like her. Right. I like Renee Rapp. Yeah. She was the best part of it. She's I, funny. She is funny. She, girl can sing. Oh my God. Mm. Um, like it was fine. I think the fact that it was beat for beat, more or less the same story helped it. Um, because like I also saw the costumes and they bothered me. Yeah. I was like, why are they dressed like they shop at Sheen? <laughs> I uh I watched the latest Indiana Jones movie. Uh, what you think? It's okay. It's fine. I, it's okay. It's long. I think it's a little too long. Yeah. Um, but it was like a nice send off for the character. I thought that's what I thought. Um, I watched the John Batiste documentary American Symphony. I saw you really loved it. I really liked it a lot. He was also wonderful. I I've, I've always been a big fan of his. Yeah, the doc made me cry a couple times. Like mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. Check it out. Yeah, in a couple hours. I watched the, a Woody Allen movie. I Which was one? like you, Cafe Society. Oh, like one of the bad late period ones. Yeah, it was fine. I didn't yeah. dislike it. Um. But I didn't love it either. Um, I went to the theater and saw The Taste of Things. I want to see it so bad. You will love it. I That's like right up my alley. Yeah. It was, I liked it a lot. It's it's not exactly my I love movie. cooking movies. Like I'm a big fan of Julie and Julia. I don't know I've if you've never seen, seen it. Julie it's Julia. so good. I know it it's rocks. right up my alley though. Um, I, Yeah, you should check out The Taste of Things. It's not going to be for everybody. It. I like I I appreciate it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll ever rewatch it, but um. And then speaking of things, I don't know if I'll ever rewatch. I saw Madam Web. I texted you about this. We had a conversation about this. And I was I told, like, I just I, think it might kill me. And I said I'd put you on suicide watch if you mm-hmm. saw this. Um, it was it was laughably bad. 
Yeah. Um, like I laughed out loud several times. There was one scene that was mildly funny because it was letting Dakota Johnson cook and be Dakota Johnson. Other you know what she that, needs to do? What? And this is, I think she needs to fire her agent <laughs> and hire Aubrey Plaza's. Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. The one saving grace for this movie, I think, in your terms, is that Adam Scott is in it and plays a character named Ben. Uncle Ben. I, Uncle, I did listen. Correct. I did. I did. I was uh, curious just to see. I wanted to know if it was bad in the way that, like, Geely's bad, where I it's kind it of funny. I, yes, I'd say it was it was comically bad. But I also like I can't I can't tolerate a Spider-Man movie on my best day. So let alone a Spider-Man movie without let, an, let, let alone a bad one. Actually, that might be a bust. Um yeah, he is Uncle Ben. Um He's hot. I I there was there was one thing in particular that really sent me at the very end. There's an accident and not an accident. It's like after the big fight, whatever. Dakota Johnson is then paralyzed and blind. So she's in like a Professor X wheelchair and she's got Stevie Wonder glasses on. And I laughed out loud when I saw it because it looked like the prop department had um, 30 minutes to put that together. I kind of like that the Sony movies are bad. Like, it's funny. Like, remember Morbius? Yeah. I told you that was going to be bad. Time. I saw that. I, I remember that Morbius. conversation. I saw that. I was like, that movie's going to be horrible. And you're like, are you sure? And I'm like, I'm positive. The same there's people who no... wrote Morbius wrote this piece I of I was shit. like, there's no upside on this thing. Who keeps letting these people write movies? Their whole IMDb know. is Madam Web, Morbius, and the 2017 Power Rangers movie. Like they're making money, I guess, but this one's not. This one is—it's not making money. People aren't seeing it just because it's bad. Yeah, I—I I oh, wow. I was reading some articles. They're like, uh, Sony had a whole franchise ready to go around this. Like this was a prequel. That's um, what I heard. It was they had a whole franchise built around it. I was reading an article where somebody from like uh, I think it was maybe from Sony talking and off the record was um saying like after the reviews came out on Tuesday, well clearly on the record uh, yeah uh, uh whatever you know what i mean and uh after reviews came out on tuesday pre-sales were dropping people were getting their tickets refunded on wednesday um that's funny it was something else it was like part of you it has to be seen to be believed but i uh i have every speaking of that i have every intention of watching that j-lo mess oh yeah I I hear insane things. Um, I it's I haven't gotten around to it I, all week. I've been like, I gotta see it just because. Yeah, wow. Speaking of wonderful messes, remember last week or in the last episode where I was like, yeah, I'm out on the morning show. So I watched all of season three. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's it's I can't. This show is absurd, and I kind of do love it. Billy Crudup is so good in it. I, I like watch Billy it for Crudup. Billy Crudup. I watch it for him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Married to Naomi Watts. Yeah. How was your week? Uh, what did you do? It was decent. I watched the movies. Um, I saw Slumdog Millionaire. I had never seen it. Um, it was good. I didn't love it as much as like people have like toyed the praises of it. Sure. I really liked it. But yeah. Uh, Are you excited this- for Dev Patel's new movie? His director's yes. debut? Yeah, that yeah. Looks- 
It looks fucking. I want to see it. Yeah. The Squid and the Whale, I rewatched. Okay. Or I saw. It was like one of those movies where like I I'm like, I've seen this movie and then I was watching it and I was like, this isn't what I remembered. But I watched it with my parents. I don't know not, anything about it. I do like, not have watched this movie with my parents. Yeah. And I said to them, because they like blame me, like I made the movie. And I'm like, do you think under any circumstances, if I knew that this was the content, I would have chosen it to watch is with that you the guys. one where Jeff Bridges is with, not Jeff Bridges, uh, Jeff. Uh, Daniels. Jeff Daniels, thank you. Is, is like, with Anna Paquin? Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Are you excited to see Miller's Girl? <laughs> that is up my alley I, I gotta see if it's decent um we're getting jeff daniels i'm gonna meet jeff oh, daniels nice. i'm I so him, excited i saw him when he did to kill a mockingbird on probably i saw him. my parents yeah. just saw to kill a mockingbird i forget who it was with but they really enjoyed it he was excellent um, whiplash i saw i rewatched whiplash huh? great my I've mom seen whiplash you should see it i know i would um, love him. it's i think i think it's you'd really like it um, I watched A Room with a View. I wanted more from this movie. Um, it should have been sexier. I know James Ivory movies aren't sexy. They don't sure. have the sex appeal that a Joe Wright movie has. It's it's very an old-fashioned kind of directing. It's so, like, traditionally period piece. It's mm. romantic, but it's not, like, that tension's not there. And I was, like, looking for that, and it didn't deliver, in my opinion. Um, I watched the Ides of March, which was like a piece oh, of Oscar bait that um that movie has always seemed right up my alley. It has every tool. Mm-hmm. All of them. It has Philip Seymour Hoffman, it has Ryan Gosling, it has George Clooney, it has like a myriad it, Jeffrey Wright's in it. Oh. Like it has every like character actor, every single tool to be like a like to be Michael Clayton. Right. And it just like Michael Clayton, great. And they like it just maybe it's George Clooney's direction. Why probably I, I'm a big George Clooney fan. Why do we keep letting him direct movies? Because his movies make money. Do they? Did you hear that boat movie made like money? I did not. Actually I did. I heard that's the highest grossing George Clooney movie ever, which is kind of absurd to me. Cause I have um, seen zero marketing for that movie. Yeah. It's it's Here's the thing. It's not bad. Like, Ides of March is not a bad movie. It was actually pretty watchable, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, like, there was one time it, like, surprised me, and I audibly went, like, (gasps) like that. Mm. I was like, oh, my God. And then there's this one conversation with Ryan Gosling and Evan Rachel Wood in a bar, and I'm like, whoa. It was, like, so charged, and I was like, wow. I was, like, at work with my friend. We went both went, Whoa. But yeah, and then I watched Racing Arizona nice. last night, which I hadn't seen. I've been I wanting to watch for a while. It's like one of those classics. I love the Coen brothers. I like what the Coen brothers do because there's, it's easy to tell when something's a Coen brothers fan. Uh, I don't think Coen I realized, I don't think I realized, I can't, I couldn't figure out if I didn't realize this movie was made in 87. Like, if I had realized it was that early, or if I realized it, or if I didn't realize it was a Coen Brothers movie. Like, I don't think I realized the Coen Brothers were popping out movies in the 80s. This was an early Coen. Yeah. Have you ever seen Barton Fink? I have not. That's, like, a really weird one. It's pretty good, though. Um, We watched it in, I watched it in school. But, yeah, they really, what I like about their movies is their movies are always so different and have such unique and 
innovative present premises mm-hmm. but they still like hop around genre and stuff like you okay. can tell this is once you find out or if you can't tell immediately or once you find out this is coen brothers film you're like oh of course yeah like it has the beats it has the comic timing it has like the way it's shot like the whole thing and then like there's no country right and you see that movie and when someone tells you it's coen brothers film you're like of course like because the pacing thing these movies are also so different yeah they could not be more different and that's so interesting that they're able to like implement a style and a signature while also varying like dramatically between genres you know, this is our third Cullen Brothers movie. We're getting into like Fincher territory with them. What were the other? Burn After Reading. Yep. And Lebowski. And Lebowski. So we've only done comedies. Yes. By them. Which kind of makes sense because that's normally what yeah. a is lot of A lot of what's been nominated for the, or yeah, a lot of what's been nominated for them are their dramas like No Country, um, A Serious Man, Buster Scruggs, stuff like that. Yeah. Buster Scruggs is Bridge of Spies. I don't consider Buster Scruggs to be a it's like, drama. True Grit's good. True. I've I've only seen the original. I've never seen the Colin Brothers True Grit. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. Um, we watched. Uh, I took a high school class that I still remember. It's crazy. I've taken so many college film classes, but this one it was just formative, I guess. But um, we watched like a new movie in an old movie, like within genres, to see like mm-hmm. how films oh, evolved. Cool. Yeah. Great way to teach a class. Uh, shout out Mr. Ryan you're not listening but shout out um he taught the class and like we watched a western um I forget which one but we watched like one from like the days of... we watched that in college I forget okay. what western we watched in high school but we watched a western and then we watched like true grit like to see like how that genre has evolved and um I just remember remember like I forget who it is, if it's Matt Damon or Jeff, uh, Josh Berlin or Jeff Daniels. Someone gets their finger cut off. And I was like, ah. I like well, kind of freaked out. But um, it's uh, it's good. It's really good. Haley Steinfeld has mm-hmm. literally, literally never been better. And she got an Oscar nom for it. Yes. And then she did she something else. Three. But this film... Um, it stars Nicolas Cage. This was a huge year for Nick Cage. He was an Epo baby. Yeah. Disclaimer. Uh, he's a Coppola. But aren't uh, they all? <laughs> all the Coppolas? There's so many Coppolas out there. Yeah. Uh Jason Schwartzman's also a Coppola. Yeah. Uh and that's really the end of the list. I don't know why. <laughs> aren't they all? No, Nicolas Cage's last name is Coppola. He changed yeah, he it. He changed it because he didn't want to be an Epo baby. But I mean, he did. Um, what is Moonst- he? Nephew, cousin? What is he's he? nephew? Nephew. He did Moonstruck and uh, Raising Arizona this year. Mm-hmm. Which after this, he was a really big star. Um, and a big Holly- year for Holly Hunter. Big year for Holly Hunter. She's in my one of my favorite movies of all time. Now I just watched this movie a year ago, and I've just yeah. revisited it so many times. For um, was she nominated for playing me in broadcast? She was nominated she was. for playing me in broadcast news. She's great. Love her in this film. Someone did say something at work because I told them I was going to watch this movie, and they're like, "The first half is a lot better than the second half," and I do agree. I do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great opening. Like it's an eleven-minute cold. Great opening. opening. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Where do you stand on voiceover? 
Do you go to the Bill Simmons school of narration can't work? Just, of course it can. Goodfellas and yeah. Wolf of Wall Street are both narrated. Yeah. Like, of course it can. And it works in this film. Mm-hmm. Depends. Okay. Depends on the film. It works in Shawshank, um, too. Works in Shawshank. I, I, I mean, obviously it depends on the movie. I think sometimes narration can just get you through something. Um, just like quicker mm. in general. Um, the killer, Jay Fincher's the killer. It's oh, just yeah. the entire thing is just a monologue. Um, there's a lot of ways to implement it. In the right hands, it works. Yeah. In the wrong That's hands, it doesn't. Look at that. Yeah. I believe Annie Hall is also narrated. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I sounds right, but I, I couldn't. Tell yeah. You. So I could. There's a myriad. Happy Society of was narrated. Well. Okay, so there's also a myriad of examples where it doesn't work. I really enjoyed it. John Goodman is John in this Goodman. movie. I love and John he's Goodman. so funny. He's so funny in everything. I'm such a big John Goodman fan. I like at the end they go back to prison. Through <laughs> the like, <laughs> The weird thing is <laughs> we're not ready. <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, it's very Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Um which Very is a movie much. I love. I love Oh Brother. I haven't seen it. It's one of my favorite Coen Brothers, actually. Yeah. Really, really, really good. This is a great movie. I really liked it. It's a great movie. Uh, I like the opening. I also like the dynamic between Nick Cage and Holly Hunter. They have a great dynamic. Yeah. Holly Hunter's awesome in this. She's mm-hmm. just like pitch perfect. Just the, the role in the was right written zone. for her. I'm sure. Like yeah. it just there's no other person who could have played this part. And I think I would have, I really liked this movie. I think I really would have loved this movie had it been the entire thing, been these two people trying to raise this baby. Yeah, I completely That was when this movie was best. When it turns into a little bit of a heist film at the end, where like people are trying, a bunch of people are trying to take this kid. It almost becomes a little hard to follow, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I got a I was a little just less interested. Obviously, the Goodman stuff's really funny, mm-hmm. um, and they have like an action scene at the end, which I felt was unnecessary. And I really like the ending when they go back. Like that's yeah, really I good. Agree. Like that scene is awesome. But what really interests me is again, yeah, the beginning when they. When he keeps going back to jail, when he like says hi to the guy, has it's the same people. That's really good. Yeah, great comic timing. When these two meet, when they have like this, um, yeah, their dynamic is just smart and interesting. And them getting married, them talking about wanting to have a kid, them getting a kid. Also, like, um. Nick Cage's character having like this crisis when they meet the family and they see all their kids like that's really funny Francis and that's McDormand super and Sam McMurray, yeah. And he's dressed differently. And then he tries to leave and like thinks he's like this martyr, but and then he tries to steal the huggies like they yeah. it, like that stuff it was I great. think all, that was all what works. Yeah. And I wish that was elongated. Like the- I wish we saw more time of these two people trying to raise this child. The guy on the motorcycle didn't work for me. It didn't work for me either. Because I, I don't think you need it. You didn't need it. And I couldn't quite figure out what his deal was. Right. Like, who was he working for? Right. I, it was very unclear. It kind of came out of nowhere. And 
you don't need it too because you still you could have had the thing where Goodman and his partner I don't know that actor's name um Forsyth uh Forsyth um the two of them find out that the baby is Nathan Jr they see the reward and try to take it like that yeah could have been set up and it could have been Nick Cage and Holly Hunter versus the two of them at the end and I feel like that would have worked if not better i mean i always feel weird like giving notes like i have a note on raising arizona yeah on raising arizona a movie that people love and is beloved and has stood the test of time as people's like favorite movie can i ask what your favorite nick cage movie is what my favorite nick cage movie is that's right it is um it's national treasure (laughs) i knew that's where you were going with it yeah that movie slaps it's really great. I think it's the best. It's such a good. I mean, obviously, I could say Moonstruck. I should get. I could give the easy answer and say Moonstruck. I've never seen Moonstruck. Or oh, it's good. You should see yeah. it. Um, or Leaving Las Vegas. I've never seen that either. I've also never seen Adaptation. Me neither. Not good. Not no. good for me. Why do we do um, this podcast? We've never seen any movie. It seems like <laughs> we've seen every movie that's what i always tell my parents like i've seen every movie and no movies because they're always like you've seen every movie and i'm like you would be surprised i have a lot i mean there's only so much you can do that's why i'm doing this year i'm trying to watch so many there's only so much time yeah Um, i'm personally partial to and and this is a bad one i acknowledge it's a bad one but i love it with my whole heart face off it's people love that movie it's so great people love face off Nicholas Cage I, playing John Travolta playing Nicholas Cage. I haven't seen it. John Travolta playing Nicholas Cage playing John Travolta. That's Absolutely. such a boy movie. Oh my god, it is such a boy movie. And I've nothing... been watching a lot of like Albert Brooks. You have been. I love Albert style Brooks. movies. I like have you Albert ever seen Brooks De- a lot. Defending your life. No, that is on my watch list. Watch it. Defending you will my life. Really like it. it. Defending your life. I also like. I've been watching a lot of movies like that um i watched modern romance i don't like that one's good um i the thing is with albert brooks movies is i like albert i like them i love the movies like i think that he's such a great filmmaker and really makes movies for me in my taste yeah however a lot of times when i watch albert brooks movies i can't get over how much i hate albert brooks in (laughs) albert brooks movies he's always playing a character that is a very specific trigger for me because it's just like this is a lot of guys i met in college and it's all marlin from finding nemo (laughs) they're all like the they're all the like jilted like down on their luck like poor me guy in college that thought that the girl didn't like him because it's her fault and it's a funny character a lot of times like it's very funny but the amount of times i watch him like this man is a menace and i'm yelling at the girl get away from him he will drop yeah we can talk about that in a minute when we get into the oscars yeah um should we get into the Oscars? You want to yeah, do that? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so this is a year we've done twice before, but it's been a minute. Um, we did it when we did The Princess Bride and Playing Strains and Automobiles. So obviously we will be doing with Canon. Uh, mm-hmm. This year was hosted by Chevy Chase, which is interesting. This movie came out in 1987. So these are the 1988 Oscars. The nominees for Best Picture were Moonstruck, a spot formerly held by Hope and Glory, then held by The Princess Bride, 
and formerly held by the Princess Bride, now held by planes, trains, and automobiles, Fatal Attraction, Broadcast News, and The Last Emperor won. Hmm. Yeah. I might not have an argument here. I'm not sure you do. I mean, I... When I was writing down all my notes, I was honestly surprised you let me get away with taking out Princess Bride for planes, trains, and automobiles. I actually like that movie better than Princess Bride. Yeah. I guess... I, I don't know why I thought maybe that would be a controversial Mm-mm, case. It's not... I don't know that you have a case here. This I'm is a not, great movie, but... It's a great year, too. I... In terms of quality, I think it's equal to Moonstruck, but Moonstruck was such a moment. There's nothing I... I mean, I think I'm going to really have arguments when it comes down to the script. Yeah. Because this is a writer's movie in every sense. It's got a great premise. It's unique. It's snappy. It's clever. That's where the writer's movies come in. Yeah. Um. And both of them are 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 represented in Best Picture, Nick Cage and Holly Hunter. Yeah, great great years for both <laughs> of them. Yeah. Um, broadcast news. I know I've said it a an million times. It all is time. an all timer. I have fallen in love with that movie deeply, uh, due to uh, it's like you know this happened to me once. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene when like Albert Brooks and Holly Hunter are are like. Arguing. They're like arguing, and it is like so good. And it Alabama's is just, house. yeah, it is such a well written argument. And any girl who, like, any girl who has had male friends in their life should watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's really stressful, but I think you should see it. Yeah, um, it's really great. It's wonderful. And if you work in media, also. A great movie about like journalistic ethics and like where our morals and values lie and how much that matters mm-hmm. when it comes I, to the media. Very fascinating. I thought it was funny because I mentioned I was watching the morning show again. It's the first time I've watched the morning show since I've been working in news production. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting to watch it having that life experience now, having that looking at it through that lens. No, I should. I've watched a few of the early episodes. I mean, I work in daytime. Right. So, Kelly's so chill. Like, there's no, like, this is not really the vibe. Um, The morning show season three tries to go succession, Um, which I appreciate, but. We don't own that song. Um, Was that, did you think that was the succession theme song? Well, I had to alter it a little bit. Oh, so okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. You were looking out for our best interest. Sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about direction? Let's do it. So the nominees for best director were a spot formerly held by Lassie Hellstrom for My Life as a Dog, now held by Rob Reiner for The Princess Bride, Norman Jewison for Moonstruck, John Borman for Hope and Glory, Adrian Lin for Fatal Attraction, and Bernardo Bertolucci won for The Last Emperor. I'm actually going to take up Rob Reiner. Okay. Um, I like him a lot. He directed literally one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, When Harry Met Sally. Um, however, um, you cannot compare Joel Cohen's direction to no. Rob Reiner's. It's like an unfair argument. Joel Cohen is like the two of them. 
Um, they have a new movie. Is it Ethan? I think it's Ethan. It's got a new movie coming out um, this month. I actually got screening tickets. Oh, yes. I'm actually very excited for it. Every I got trailer, scre- I got screening tickets. So Every time uh, I see the trailer, it makes me laugh. I'm very I get to excited. see it for What's it called? Drive Away, Drive Away Dolls. Dolls. And Matt Damon's in it. Matt so Damon's in it. I'm Andy in. Dolls in it. Um, Margaret Qualley. Uh, Margaret Qualley. Yeah. Who's very good in this movie called Sanctuary, which is bananas. Um, She's also pops into poor things. She's also... Andy, uh, Andy McDowell's daughter, yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm very excited for Driveway Dolls. It looks so like I'm excited. Uh I I gotta bring him up. So bring him up. Bill Hader okay. has if anyone watches Barry, first of all, if anyone watches Barry and then sees this movie, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh this man loves this movie. There's a lot of similarities between this movie and Barry, except Barry's like a lot darker. He's a big fan and of this movie, and you can so see the direction yeah, influence if absolutely. you're a fan of that show. Um, I know I just basically repeated myself, but I said it two different ways, and you can choose which one you like. And I get it. I love the extreme wides. I love the snap cuts. I love the way it follows its characters, mm-hmm. how it kind of starts with a scene and then lets... Like, it'll show you what the scene is, like, what we're basically dealing with, and then goes in. Yeah. I've always liked that. Uh, they do that in basically everything. I love the way they follow a character through the hallway. It's always um, really intense. Uh, and there's so many famous scenes of, like, Coen Brothers movies in hallways. And the reason I say that is, like, maybe not a hallway, but he runs at one point when he's being chased by the cops. He runs through houses. And the way they utilize space and him running through, like you, you're I, not I even. I also really love the running in the grocery store, right? And like the way they utilize like narrow walkways is yeah. like super interesting. Um, they do it in uh, No Country when they're in that hotel. They, oh, yeah. yeah, right. They do it there. God, no Country is so good. No Country is really good. Burn after reading a lot, like they're really good with utilizing George Clooney's house when Brad Pitt breaks in. Like their way of using like room spaces mm-hmm. in relation to the characters within like action scenes or any sort of scene of tension is fascinating. Barton Fink as well, if anyone's seen it, the way they use that hotel in John Goodman's presence, like large presence within kind of a small motel. It's just great. And and they use it again here with John Goodman's presence. Like when John Goodman and his buddy walks through the home, like it immediately makes the home smaller yeah. because these two and guys are so much bigger. Home. And you already see like, it's easy not to see how small the space is that they've created for themselves when it's Holly Hunter and Nick Cage, because at this time, Nick Cage is like, what, a, like skinny, Wait. skinny, skinny, and Holly Hunter's famously small. But then once like a bigger even presence mm-hmm. comes into their life, their life becomes a lot smaller, just like what happens when you have a child, like your life becomes smaller, it becomes a focus. And the way Nick Cage is like uncomfortable with that is super fascinating. So when they bring people, a lot of kids in like that chaos, the direction is just like astounding here, especially for, I don't know, how old were they when they did this? They were probably like in their early, late twenties, early thirties. It would have been, yeah, uh, 33. Crazy. 33. Yeah. So super young. Clearly, when they did this, and it rocks hard. It does. Shall we talk actor? Yeah. Okay. So, the nominees for Best Actor are Robin Williams for Good Morning Vietnam, 
Jack Nicholson for Ironweed, a spot formerly held by Marcello Mastriani for Dark Eyes, now held by John Candy for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, William Hurt for Broadcast News, and Michael Douglas won for Wall Street as Gordon Gecko. can't believe William Hurt got nominated. It, you know what? This is very odd because William Hurt got nominated for Best Actor and Albert Brooks got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. And do you not think that's how it is in the movie? No, not at all. Maybe it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, but in my head, that's how it is. I see William Hurt as lead and Albert Brooks as supporting. Oh, God, no. I'd say like Holly Hunter's the lead and then the two men are the supporting actors. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I thought you were trying to tell me Albert Brooks was the lead actor. and No, the two men are gotcha. both supporting okay. actors. Gotcha, gotcha, Anyways, gotcha. it's fine. It does. I'm probably not going to make an argument. Okay. Nick Cage is so good here, though. Really funny. I, I have no argument. I can't take Jack out. No. John Candy, I have. I like you enough to not do that to you. Appreciate that. Um, William Hurt in broadcast news. I guess I could take that out. I mean, he's not giving the kind of performance. That yeah. Do you want to do that? Would that pain you to do? It hurts me so bad because. But what's the better performance? It's William Hurt. You think William Hurt's the better performance? The, uh, compared to Nicolas Cage in this movie? Yeah. I'd say so. Okay, then we'll leave it. Okay. It's it's a toss-up, though. If, William Hurt is so good in broadcast news because that's such a specific character, and you have to have an, a certain amount of humility. Humility, I think, to play a guy like that. Yeah. Um, I still take advice from that movie from... Uh, Albert Brooks? I think it's from William Hurt to Albert Brooks about sitting on the tail of your seat. Yeah, and then he does it. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I still do that to this day. A great movie. I know we've talked about it a lot, <laughs> but I don't think I had seen it last time we did this movie. I think and you're it, right. And it yeah. like really impacted me emotionally. Um, <laughs> and it's like made its way into my top 10 of all time. Like it's that, it's that egregious. Um, I took up the Lion King for it. I was like, what Whoa. do I like better? It's wow. like it's this one. Anyways, but Nick Cage is so good. It's such a specific character. Very His wiry. comic timing is really good. Because you have to believe he's a felon, but you also can't be scared of him. Yes. Um, the, the, both of them are very sympathetic characters. Mm -hmm. um, which is really important. This movie would not work if they were not. Because on paper, they shouldn't be. They kidnap a baby. You know, Nicolas Cage is a repeat offender. Um <laughs> It just goes back. Just goes back constantly. And Holly Hunter marries him. But he's just so, like, he's so dumb. You don't really, you don't take it seriously. Like, something, he does, like, serious things he does in this movie that, like, any other context, you're like, wow, that's, like, dark and serious. He, the way he plays it, it's like, this is just, this is a, this is a clown. Why does he take every baby out of the crib? When he's taking one. He's trying to see. He's like testing them out like they're a new car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do we talk Best Actress now? Sure. Okay. The nominees for Best Actress were Meryl Streep for Ironweed, Sally Kirkland for Anna, Holly Hunter for Broadcast News, Glenn Close for Fatal Attraction, and Cher won for Moonstruck as Loretta Castorini. I love that Cher has an Oscar. She does. This is not the best performance this year at all. 
same moonstruck it's very good she's good in it mm-hmm. but this is probably the year glenn close should have won her oscar i think you're absolutely right if ever there was a time it's for fatal attraction uh that or hillbilly elegy right oof the jd vance story yikes tough tough beat. my mom i i i my mom was like you should watch it and i was like i think i'm okay actually you haven't seen it no it's not good that's i know yeah i can't holly hunter is also really great broadcast news it should have been between her and glenn close but uh it wasn't uh holly hunter was nominated this year i don't need don't feel the need to nominate her again if we we're gonna put the two performances um up against each other i choose the one she was nominated for however no, again, I said it at the beginning of the pod. No other actress could have played this part. Yeah, it was written accent. She's the only actress I can think of that like has a deep Southern accent. Hmm. And it doesn't put her in a box. No, it really doesn't. She plays, she's able to play with it a lot. Um, and she works in every setting. Um, like, she's in succession. Uh, like, Oh my God, I forgot. Yeah. What is that, season two? They kind of like the show forgot about that character pretty fast. It did, which was a shame because I'm such a Holly Hunter fan. But mm-hmm. she like had a what was her name? It was something weird. She like had an affair with Logan. <laughs> yeah, I love that show. I need to rewatch it. It works for her in every setting. She's able to play, and she can be from anywhere too. Mm-hmm. So, like yes, it's a Southern accent, but like here she's from Arizona, and over the holidays she's from Baltimore like there's so many settings where it just she's able to play in any in any play in any sandbox basically even in the beginning when she's taking his picture that montage of like Mm -hmm. him continuously getting his mugshot taken her being the one that takes it it goes from like that stoicness and then Mm -hmm. she's like crying over her fiance that left her and it's very small screen time but she just she kills it yeah yeah she does a lot with a little and you and you believe that she would have been a really good mom. Oh, oh, yeah. Had absolutely. she have not met Nicolas Cage. But you also don't want them to break up. At the end, when he's imagining their life together, as a woman... Do you think woman, they break up? I think they keep breaking up and they keep getting back together for the rest of their life. I think that's correct. Yeah. That's absolutely Wonderful. Right. Supporting actor? We, do you want to no, Don't want to talk John Goodman or anything? I mean, we can talk John Goodman, how he's in all the Coen Brothers movies. Um, uh, or was in all the Coen Brothers movies. I don't know. He hasn't been anything. They've gotten pretty self-serious. They've gotten so, self-serious and they've also broken up as a duo. Um, that's that, that's not happening anymore. Apparently that's not happening anymore. Okay, good. <laughs> I Not that I didn't like Tragedy Macbeth. I'm, I thought that was great. Um, well, the I'm whole thing was like, because well, Joel did Macbeth? tragedy, right? Yeah. And yeah. Ethan's doing Drive-Away Dolls. And the reason they quote unquote broke up was Joel was like, Ethan doesn't want to make movies anymore. And then Ethan oh, just made a movie. Interesting. I didn't know that. Was so the- I think that that's not happening. I don't okay. know. But gotcha. well, I'd be happy to have them back together. Not that I didn't like that. Like I said, I did. I liked. Macbeth. I mean, again, this was a solo directorial. Sure. It seems like it was an uncredited co-directing, but yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk to supporting actor? Did we decide there? I mean, we can talk about who was nominated, but I don't sure. think John Goodman should no. needs to be nominated no. for this. Uh, the nominees for best supporting actor were Denzel Washington for Cry of Freedom, a spot formerly held by Vincent Gardenia for Moonstruck, now held by Mandy Patinkin 
for The Princess Bride, uh, Morgan Freeman for Street Smart, Albert Brooks for Broadcast News, and Sean Connery won for The Untouchables as Jim Malone. Yeah, nothing. Nothing to do there. Uh, no. Heavy hitter after heavy hitter. Heavy hitter after heavy hitter, yeah. I love that we put Mandy Patinkin in there. Excellent. Yeah. Do we talk supporting actress for Frances McDormand? <laughs> for the one scene Frances McDormand's in. She's cooking. She's in every Coen Brothers movie. She is married to which one? Joel? Joel? Did they get married beforehand or after they started working together? She's been married to Joel Cohen since 84. Wow. So she was married to him when they made this movie? Right. Wow. It's forever. 40 years they've been together. Wow. That's cool. That's chic. That happened the other day. Uh, We saw Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, beautiful woman. No, she was I, was gonna, I was gonna have you put in a good word for me, but I just know her and Sasha are so locked. That, like... Well, that was the thing. Like, someone was like, you know, she's married to Sasha Baron Cohen. And I was like, that's so chic. That's so chic. I think it is the coolest thing when, like, a beautiful, just like, goddess of a woman has, like, a tall, goofy, like, husband that's, like, smart. Yeah. Like, has just. I, I like that's that's cool. Do you want to talk supporting actress? Did you want to? Uh, I love Frances McDormand. I think she's been nominated and has enough Oscars. That is so true. That's really true. <laughs> she she comes in like swinging though when she comes in. Her and her husband Sam McMurray they are cooking in this mm-hmm. in the one yeah. scene. It like I was like so stressed. The swingers. The swingers was hysterical. The kids were menaces and. They don't need another one at all. They they should have taken a kid from them. Take a kid from <laughs> right? Them. Yeah. Right? They wouldn't have noticed. That is the family that wouldn't have noticed. Yeah, that's so true. And them trying to have another one. It's crazy. Uh, screenplay? Yes. Okay. The nominees for Best Original Screenplay were a uh, spot formerly held by Radio Days for Woody Allen, now held by Planes, Trains, and Automobiles for uh, uh, John Hughes. Hope and Glory for John Borman. Broadcast News for James L. Brooks. Au revoir les enfants for Louis Mal. And Moonstruck 1 for John Patrick Shanley. Yikes. That's like a Holocaust movie. I'm going to take out Hope and Glory, I think. We got two Hol- Do we got we got two World War two movies nominated within screenplay. I think we can sh- I'm not going to take up the French one because it seems too sad. But um, I just. <laughs> okay. We'll, so, take out, we'll take out Hope and Glory. Again. This is a great script. It is. I. One thing I just admire about them is their ability to just pull from anywhere. Like, what do you mean? The, most writers, like, let's say something like broadcast news, great script. Was it nominated? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great scripts. I keep using that as an example because, or even Moonstruck, right? Those are stories that have, like, it's easy to imagine people who work in the media writing a movie about people who work in the media, even if it's not the exact same media or moonstruck someone and it talking about falling in love with someone they shouldn't like, these are very much 
fatal attraction. Like that's everybody's worst nightmare. It's easy to find out where these ideas come from. The Coen Brothers movies. How like where did this come from? This one, I don't know. How how are you like like... sitting around in your like late twenties, early thirties, and are like, I want to write a movie about two people from Arizona. One of them keeps going to jail. The other one's an officer that takes mug shots. And, and they, they steal a baby quickly. together. The, the script came together in three and a half months. And they and they steal a baby together. Like, how do you come up with that? Well, I'm trying to think right now. And I can only think of one of their movies that's based on a book. Yeah. I and guess Macbeth too, but... Well, Macbeth. But... All of them, like burn after reading. Where the hell did you come up with that? Yeah. Like that one, that's one of those ones where I do like think to myself, there's no world where I'll ever be able to come up with anything as clever as this. That's the thing. It's always like, how'd you come up? Like a lot of these movies, we can even look at like stuff nominated this year. Like um, this year, like the last emperor, oh. right? Like that is a biographical drama this is a real story like it's right. easy to not easy but it's you see where these ideas come from um hope and glory again like based on like real oh, events sure. moonstruck um i'm trying to find others what what's another example Full good morning graphic. vietnam yeah. like a radio broadcast you, you probably heard a radio broadcast i was like oh this guy probably has an interesting life like it's easy not easy but you can see where you can track ideas from mm. where people get these ideas what they saw what they were inspired by which led to a creative script or something oscar worthy even look at things like this year oppenheimer yeah. but poor things is based on a book yeah. like the probably the most a creative. very good book a very good book you're reading it. It's good. I, I did read it. I'm reading oh, it's good. now. Great. How the hell did they come up with Raising Arizona? Couldn't tell you. It's it's Probably. amazing. They're they've got, got a hell of Barton a Fink's another one if you ever see it. Like, where the hell yeah. did they come up with this? Big Lebowski. Um, what, like what Big what? Lebowski? What? I love it. I love it. Never change. Oh, brother, where are you? Actually, it's... I think Oh Brother might be based on something, but also it's so um in the scripts are based so, on the Odyssey. That's what it is. Sorry. It's so snappy. And it's so um the jokes, like the little teeny jokes that people just move on from. That's always will be my sense of humor. I will always like things that people say that are just insane or out there or silly or character lines yeah. that people just brush by and take seriously. That sense of humor will never uh not get me. So yeah, shout out to them. Big shout out, Cullen Brothers. Keep it up. Keep it up, guys. Craft Oscars? Anything you want to do? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. No, no costume design, no cinematography. What's Arthur. cinema? Broadcast News got one for cinematography. Yeah, Broadcast News did well. I mean, they didn't win any. Didn't win any, but yeah. Um, I think they should have won for scripts over Moonstruck. I think you're absolutely right. Um, did, I don't you really hear, have... did you hear James L. Brooks is making another movie? Which one? I don't know what it is yet. His last he, movie wasn't good. He's making another one. And the reason he's doing I believe he's writing and directing. How the old is he now? He's, he's old. He's got to be... James L. Brooks is 83. How old's um, Albert Brooks? Albert Brooks is 76. Okay. 
So uh, they're they're significantly. Yeah, no relation. Um, I don't think. But James L. Brooks is writing. What? It. I don't believe there's any re- relation between Albert and James L. No way. I don't believe that. I they're brothers. Be. Brothers. I think no. they're brothers. No, Bob Einstein was Albert Brooks's brother. Like the, the there's definitely a relation. It it's not not according to Wikipedia. Like there's not it's not in the relative section. That's I that's insane. I thought they were brothers. They are not. I guess I couldn't imagine these two people who worked so closely together over the course of X amount of years with such similar styles could not yeah. possibly be related. They're not. No, nothing. Um, but James L. Brooks is writing and directing a new movie because um, st- the studio, I guess it probably Disney, uh, wanted permission to do a Simpsons movie sequel um, and to for him to allow them to do that, he requested a movie to write and direct. So it's kind of fun. That's we're, fun. We're I also to... watched a video or listened to a podcast the other day where with um, Conan and apparently Albert Brooks was um, SNL was supposed to be called the Albert Brooks show. It was supposed to be about him. That was the first pitch for Saturday Night Live. Interesting. Lauren Michaels wanted to create the Albert Brooks show and offered basically offered him Saturday Night Live as like the permanent host of Saturday Night Live. Fascinating. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to be a movie actor. Huh. And then I think, I think he ended up the best for all of us. And I think he ended up working on SNL. I think he ended up doing some writing. I think. But, right. Yeah. Um, you said so you said no craft Oscars. then. No. OK. Let's see. What do I got here? Frances McDormand and Holly Hunter were roommates when they went to the Yale School of Drama. Wow. Yeah. Talk and I about... totally see that because their chemistry in that one scene is so good. It's excellent. Have they done more movies together? Not that I can think of off the top of my head, but they were really great. 15 babies played the quintuplets. Oh my God. That's so cute. One of it, them. It was the same baby that played. Uh, yes, it was. I mean, I knew the that face. You can't. But the 15 babies, one of them was fired during filming because he learned how to walk. And it went so far that the mother of that baby tried to put the shoes on the baby backwards so that he wouldn't be able to walk, which I think is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. I looked it up, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Um, They've done four movies together. Really? What are are they? Uh, Blood Simple, Crazy in Love, and then Searching for Deborah Winger. Huh. Which is a documentary. Oh, okay. Whoa, what's this? American documentary film conceived and directed by Rosanna Arquette. The film presents an interview with actress Deborah Winger about why she suddenly retired from the film industry at the height of her career. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Two other people, two other actors auditioned, at least two notable ones auditioned for the Nicolas Cage role. One of them, Mr. Richard Jenkins. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. There's a handsomeness to Nick Cage. I'm not, I'm not a trap, but like, I get it. Here's another, here's a handsomeness argument. Handsomeness argument. Somebody who auditioned three times for this role. One Mr. Kevin Costner. Too handsome. Not, not funny. funny. <laughs> not funny. Too handsome, not funny. Richard Jenkins is great. Richard Jenkins like, would have been great. great. I don't know what young Richard Jenkins looked like. 
I feel like he's looked old for his entire life, so I don't know mm. what he looked like. Um, this is the favorite movie of a lot of people. You mentioned that um, Bill, Mur uh, not Bill Murray, Bill Hader really likes it. It's also the favorite movie of uh, Matthew McConaughey and Edgar Wright. Checks out. Doesn't it? That car chase scene is Edgar Wright-esque and Matthew McConaughey just, this is his vibe. You know who would be good in this role is Matthew McConaughey. Yes. Yeah, it's before his time, but absolutely. Yeah. I want to read you something. It is um, the the text. Woody Harrelson would have been good in this too. Oh, that would have been excellent. Or as even as like one of the criminals, as like John mm. uh, Goodman's buddy. You know they might be brothers. I did know that. Yes. Have you seen that saga? Because I'm following it very closely. I have. It's fascinating. Okay, so I want to read you the newspaper article from the movie about the the quintuplets. <clears throat> their father is unpainted furniture tycoon nathan arizona who is reportedly pondering a run for congress in the fourth district pete peterson republican incumbent in the fourth dismissed the birth of the quints as quote a cheap publicity stunt in a news conference thursday he characterized nathan arizona as a quote unprincipled media hog and a loud hectoring nitwit but considered that or conceded that trey wilson the actor portraying him as a very nice fellow with a distasteful job to do I love that. I think great. that's so funny. A great detail. And um, Nathan Jr., the little baby, the actor who played him, is currently a realtor in Phoenix, Arizona. Good for him. Good for him. So you can go buy a, a house in Arizona from Nathan, Arizona. From Nathan, Arizona. This cast has six Oscars and eight nominations. Okay. I do not remember the movie that Holly Hunter won her Oscar for. The Piano. The Piano. I now remember the Oscar that Holly Hunter won her Oscar for. The Piano. Mm -hmm. She was nominated for two Oscars that year, too. I do know that. She was nominated for something else that same year. And I don't remember what it was. 13. 13? That's the, the name of the movie. Okay. She was also nominated for Broadcast News. Yes. What else has Holly Hunter been nominated for? The Firm. The Firm. Okay, four. Who else is in? Oh, Frances McDormand. Holy shit. Um, she has three Oscars. Four Oscars. Uh, she has four. She has four. Christ, Fargo. Yes. Nomadland. Two for Nomadland. Okay, two producing, for Nomadland. Producing and acting. Okay. Uh. And then she also won for a movie that I love that I've that not seen is incredibly controversial because of the Sam Rockwell performance. But I don't I don't care. I'll defend it. I think it's a good movie and I don't need to agree with the morals of all my all characters through billboards outside of Missouri. Correct. How many nominations does she have? Fuck, I don't know. Got four, four. additional nominations. Macbeth. Nope. I don't know what else. Is it just all Coen Brothers movies? I actually don't think a single one of these is Coen Brothers. Can you tell me? I don't know. Mississippi Burning. Never all seen famous. it. Famous. Oh, shit. North Country. And a Best Picture nomination for Women Talking. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. So and now it, you've just got one Oscar and one nomination left. Nick Cage Correct. has an Oscar for... Fuck. Is it Adaptation? He's got a nom for adaptation. He has a nom for adaptation. What did he win for? 
Leaving Las Vegas. Shit. Yes. Who made Leaving Las Vegas? Uh, it's a name. It is a name, but I can't remember the name. Is that a Kaufman? I know, I know, um, Ooh. I know, I know, uh, adaptation is Kaufman. Yeah. Oh, it's Mike Figgis. Oh, sure. He's done a few things. Eternal Affairs. Yeah. Him. Uh, then Emmys wise, uh, Holly Hunter has two Emmys for Roe v. Wade and for another TV movie and an additional five nominations. John she Gooden- was nominated for Succession. I don't know that she was. She was, she not. was nominated for Zach Guest. No, I thought she must have been, but she was not. Mm. John Goodman has one Emmy for Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and an additional 10 Emmy nominations. Roseanne. Uh, yeah, a bunch of them were for Roseanne. And then Frances McDormand has two Emmys for all of Kitteridge and an additional nomination. Uh, do you want to do the same for the Coen brothers? You think you got it in you? Four Oscars, 11 nominations. All identical. So technically eight Oscars and 22 nominations. But what? Oh, between oh the you two doubled up. You between doubled the two up. of them. Yes. Okay. Fargo. Yes. Two two Oscar nominations for Fargo. Two one. Two nominations for Fargo and one win for Fargo. Okay. True Grit. Two noms there. Three noms for True Grit. Okay. Tragedy Macbeth. They got nominated. He no. one of them got nominated for that. No. Not for Best Picture? Nope. Okay. Scratch that. Old Country. Yes. No Country. They won for Screenplay, right? They won three Oscars. Yeah, one for Screenplay, Best Picture, and Best Director? Yes. Okay. And then an additional nomination for, I believe, editing. Um, Whoa. Okay. They edit edit their own movies. Holy shit. Okay. Um, How many am I missing? You got all the wins. Two, three, uh, four more movies nominated, and one of those is a double. Okay, four more movies nominated. Um, oh, brother. Yep, that's a nom. A simple man. A two single. For, t- a simple two, man. Two for that. Yes. I keep getting that movie and a single man. Yeah. And a simple man are two. To, one a single man is a Tom Ford movie. A simple man is a Coen Brothers movie. Yes. Anyways, Ballad of Buster. Correct. And then one more that I always forget that they wrote. It's something they wrote but didn't direct. Correct. Have we done it on the show? No, we haven't. We've talked about this movie though, because I've never seen it. Um, you probably have. I believe I want to say it's Spielberg, actually. Bridge of Spies. Shit. Yeah. And then they both have two Emmy nominations for Fargo. For I the- have seen yeah. it and it is Spielberg. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, budget of $6 million, gross $29.2 million. Right. Yeah. Recasting? Okay. Today, right? Today. Oh, boy. The Nicolas Cage character. How old is Nicolas too old. Otherwise, I'd say definitely him. That's, that oh, yeah. Cool. Who did... Who did... Uh, how old was Nick Cage when he did this movie? 33. 23. Excuse me. 23. 23? 23. Oh, shit. That's our age. So young as shit, basically. Yeah. I can't go too young. Fuck. Yeah. It would end up being like a Finn Wolfhard or something. It shouldn't be. But that's who would get it. They wouldn't cast someone that young in this. Like, people look younger now. That's true. That's a really good point. People used to look older. Like, Nick Cage could be 33 in this. Yeah. 
but he's like, like he, 23. He, they're talking crazy. about getting married and having children. Like that's like a really big part about this movie. Like the culture is so different. They would not cast a 23 year old now. They cast someone in their early 30s. A Lordy's not funny. I was going to say a lot, but yeah, you're right. I'd say Mulaney. Whoa, that'd be fun. That'd be a it lot. It would of- be fun. They wouldn't. I don't. I don't know. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. I'll think. Let me think. Um, well, let's. We can. We can move on to the girl. Okay, Holly be... Hunter was twenty nine. Yeah. See. And there's not really a. You don't see a difference there. No. Evan Moss backrack. Oh shit! That's actually good. Thank you. He would be good. Yeah. yeah. That's for people who don't know. Uh, that's cousin from the bear. Does. Yeah. He, yeah, he'd be great. How old's he? He's probably too old, but whatever. He's um. It's like 40. 40, 47. It could be Jeremy Allen White. It could be. Yeah. He might be younger. He is what younger. That Efron, honestly. Too handsome. No. Too handsome. Okay. Glenn Powell. No. Too handsome. Still. I said too handsome for Zac and Efron. Go, and I go Glenn Powell. You're right. <laughs> could Teller do? Teller's too old now. Could Teller do it? Teller could do it. Yeah, that's that's not a bad pick. And then is Teller a good enough actor? I think so. I think Teller's actually a very good actor. You just watched. Is he funny enough? I think he can be. And then for the Holly um, Hunter's so unique. She is. It's a tough. It would be like a Jenna Ortega. No, it wouldn't be. They would never cast a Jenna Ortega in that role. They need someone. She's so, she is so like California. Chloe like, Grace they need... Sorry. They just got like, no, I, they shouldn't stop a, like never. No, no, no. We need like a good actress and an actress, not like a teeny bopper, like a Florence Pugh could do this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's also very California. I need, I, I need someone that feels like they're from. Jennifer Lawrence would have been great at this. Oh, yeah. Is, is it Jennifer Lawrence? Sure. Why not? She's what, 33? That's four years older than Holly Hunter was? Yeah, she's young. Yeah. yeah fuck right. it. Jennifer Lawrence and Eben Moss Bacharach. That's actually a great movie. I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah. Um, John Goodman? Burt. Uh, what's his last name? Burt Kreischer. <laughs> the, the, the duo is Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. <laughs> I don't think they're good enough actors. But that would be very funny. It would be. It should be a comedy duo. It should be. Yeah. Like people who know each other's timing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Curl and John Mulaney. Excellent. Yes. John Mulaney is definitely getting out of jail. <laughs> Anybody else we want to recast? Francis McDormand, Sam McMurray? I don't know. I don't know if... I don't know if, if any of the other roles are big enough to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We'll do a quick character actor corner. Sam McMurray, I've mentioned his name a few times. He pops up in everything. Um, he's like the best friend in Christmas Vacation. Um, he's in a bunch of stuff. Okay. Uh, he's the guy who who asks for the, the swinging and all that um and then he pops in for like cutaway scenes 
And Emmett Walsh, who is like a super prolific character actor. Um, he's been old for a million and ten years. He's the guy like at the mechanic shop just talking off Nicolas Cage's ear. Um, he pops up in everything. Uh, he was in probably Knives in a out. bunch of Cohen movies. Probably, yeah. He was in Knives Out as like the um the groundskeeper. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's in a, a bunch of stuff. And anything else? I have I don't think I've seen Knives Out enough times to remember who the groundskeeper is, but I feel like I've, I've definitely seen I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it a bunch of times too. I've seen it like four times, but I once got yelled at, guys, uh, listeners of the pod. Um, we once <laughs> we once watched Knives Out as like a group, like us and our college friends. And my comments about Chris Evans were so numerous that I was asked to stop. I don't remember this. <laughs> I was like, every time I was like, wow. Like it was just like an it was like a usually not for me, but wow. And then everybody's like, we've heard. Stop. That's, that sounds right. That I do believe. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is produced and co-hosted by Caroline Young and Chris Masarelli. Snubs is a it fuck, words are really hard. Snubs is executive produced by Gavin Berger with High Tops Media. You can rate and review Snubs on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Instagram at SnubsPod and see more of our content with High Tops Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at High Tops Media. Chris, it was great to see you. You too, Caroline. Bye! Bye.